welcome to episode 43 of Flights, Football, and Anything Else. I'm Dave. And I'm Mike. How you doing, Dave? Better than most. Not as good as some, sir. How are you? Wonderful. Hey, episode 42, we titled Bears Suck because we were recording as the Bears lost to the Colts. Uh, it took all the three and one, but Bears had a Thursday game, won a nail biter against uh, the GOAT, and improved to four and one, so... I'm much happier now that the Bears don't suck as much. Although I will admit, hey, as a fan, I'm going to take it. Wins are wins, and you got to you, you support your team. 0 and 16, 16 and 0, somewhere in between. Right. But four and one, it, we're probably the worst four and one football team that's ever been <laughs> four and one. But hey, just yeah. win, baby. It like is. Al Davis used to say, win is a win. Uh, a lot of sports to talk about, and some beer to drink too. That's always good. Uh, first item up for bed, Dave, is the from the Wolverine State Brewing Company. Little Barista, a cold brew coffee lager, 6.5%, and a paltry 13 IBUs. I purchased this in Frankenmuth. Oh, heavens. Did I just say, oh, heavens? You did. <laughs> I, was looking, I was looking at you going... Okay. <laughs> um, he turned 53, folks. Yes. And, and uh, Oh, heavens, Marjorie. Yeah, oh, heavens. Oh, heavens. Um, <laughs> what is this? A, I got this in a... This is a 50s... Uh, it must be. It must be like it's Leave it to Beaver or something. <laughs> anyway, I purchased this in uh, Frankenmuth at that little store they have in the, their mall probably a couple months ago and oh. forgot I had it oh. until... I had to scrap our plans, which we will announce a little bit later for episode 44. But I'm going to crack mine open, pass the old red stripe bottle opener on to you. This bottle opener could probably survive a nuclear attack. Yes. I think that's yes. pretty solid. The, the, the Jamaicans make solid uh, equipment. That's what she said. Ba-dum, bum. Well, it's it's... Coffee, so oh, yeah. hence the dark color, I would say. Yep. Good pour. Very good pour. But a drop of beer on my notes. Sloppy, sloppy. All right. Cheers. Cheers. I really smell the coffee on the scent. Oh, yeah. Tell you what, if you're, if you're wanting a, um, a coffee lager, a coffee beer... Kind of doesn't have quite the bite you might be you know looking what? for. It, when we eventually rate this beer, I think we might have to put a asterisk mm. asterisk by our ratings because, as I mentioned, my guess is where the place where I bought the beer from yeah. isn't the beer selling capital of the world. Gotcha. And I just told you it was purchased two months ago, so maybe it's a tad flat. And thus robbing it of some of its gotcha. flavors. Yeah. Well, so, the 13 IBUs, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is, there's definitely, it almost is a watery taste. Yeah, so there's yeah. so little bitterness to it. Hmm. But uh, anyway, sports, sports, and more sports. Good stuff, man. Baseball, Dave. Our league series are set. And hey, shocker alert. Mike was wrong. I said from the beginning of the season. World yeah. Series, definite. Yankees are a lock, and I'm going to go with the Nationals in the, the Nationals in the National League. 
Well, Nationals didn't even make the playoffs, <laughs> and the Yankees were eliminated. All right. So, but I was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, wrong. wrong. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the AL Championship Series, which I believe starts <clears throat> Tuesday, is the Rays and America's hated team, the Astros. <laughs> who now, I wonder who's che- I wonder who's banging the trash can, because the Astros are raking right now. Right, right. And, how ironic is that? Yeah, very, I mean, the, very the ironic. team now is just going to get... Yeah, everybody hated them. And no I, one should be alive on that team. They should all be dead from getting hit with pitches. Exactly. And then I kind of like the Rays because in 2019, you and I visited a park, yep. you know, a game at that park. So kind of an adopted team. But I did name the one fantasy baseball team uh, banging trash cans in honor of the Astros because... <laughs> Um, I think it's yeah. Well, yeah, yeah get them out. Yeah, we talked about that twenty episodes ago. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, don't give me any excuses. You got to hit the baseball. Don't cry over it. So I'm cheering for the Astros. I, ironically, though, I, I'm making a connection here because when we talk, um, we'll just talk briefly in a little bit about NCAA football. But I have a note right here that has something to do with that. Okay. Um, and then the National League gets the Braves and the Dodgers. As a kid growing up, the Dodgers was my kind of adopted favorite team with the Penguin, Ron Say, Steve Garvey, uh, Bill oh, Russell, yeah. Dusty Baker, who ironically enough is the coach of the the manager of the Astros. But ever since the Dodgers have signed Clayton Kershaw, I've hated the Dodgers. I just do not like Clayton Kershaw, probably because one time when I was given free tickets to the Loons game, I went to see Clayton Kershaw pitch. Yeah. And Lance Parrish, who was the manager of the, the Loons, pulled him after, like, in the top of the second inning. Obviously, it was under yeah. Dodgers' orders. Like, hey, sure. this, guy, this guy's on the fast track. He's signed a million-dollar signing. We, we don't give a shit about you, the, the Loons right. winning or losing the game. Now, was that his fault? No, but I still hold it against him. So, fuck Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> let's go Braves. And I've never liked the Braves. Let's go Braves. Um how, how did they get there, you might ask? Well, How did they get there, Mike? American League had a little more drama than the National League because the National League, the Braves beat the Marlins three games to none. And here I got a stat for you. Now, okay, the Marlins and the Reds, they're not very good teams, whatever. Right. But, hey, you got to beat who you play. Right? right. I mean, right. you yeah. know, you can't ask and say, hey, I'd like to face the – face Barry Bonds in his prime because these guys aren't good. And I'm no, you, you face who you play. And I bring that up because in five postseason games this year, the Atlanta Braves are 5-0. and They beat the Reds two games to none. They beat the Marlins three games to none. And they have given up in five games. Yeah. Count them. One, two, three, four, five. Five runs <laughs> in five games. And all five of those were in game one against the Marlins – when they won game one, nine to five. That means they've got they've got four shutouts in the postseason. Uh, yeah, again, it's the Reds and the Marlins, but hey, sure. four shutouts is four right. shutouts. Right. Um, I put the Peters kiss of death on the Padres last week when I told you that you know, <laughs> I like Fernando Tatis and everything, yep. and uh, they didn't even really give the Dodgers any resistance. The Dodgers beat them three nothing. Houston beat the A's three to one. And the Rays and the Yanks. The Rays beat the Yankees three games to two. And what I read, and I'll put the asterisk by word red here, is that game five was one of the best baseball games played. 
Okay. Now, I only saw the very, 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 very end of it because, unfortunately, I was watching gong show coaching at the high school football level <laughs> and missed that right. game. Although I did see the highlight. I can't even pronounce the guy's name, but bottom of the eighth inning, took a 100-mile-an-hour pitch from Araldus Chapman. Oh, and turned on it and hit it into the, hit it into. Hit, the, I mean, it, it didn't yeah. get out by much, but all it's got to do is Just get over, get over the, the fence. fence. But and the Braves won that. I, or the Braves, the Rays won that game two to one and eliminated my pick to win the World Series, the Yankees. So, um, yeah. So there's where we stand in baseball. All right. Well, good. That's. I mean, we're getting to the end of that one. Um, you want me to do NCAA football quick? Yeah. Okay. So real quick, just some interesting scores. Uh, LSU got beat by unranked Mizzou pretty handily. I don't know what was going on there. And then Florida, number four ranked Florida, got beat by Texas A&M. Texas A&M is 21. So maybe there's some parity going on. Who knows? But then Clemson, of course, um, just bringing this up because the Canes are your team. Yep. Uh, Clemson routes uh, Miami. But. uh, Yeah. Here's an asterisk to that. For the. For, a lot of asterisks for the first time in like the last four games against Cle- Cleveland. Come on, Mike. And I haven't, even pre- I haven't even pre-potted, folks. That's probably the problem. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, my system's used to talking under the influence of alcohol. I haven't even pre-potted the other. I started well, very little pre-pot. I was drinking a liquid vinyl as you were setting up. But anyway, um, in the last four games, Miami has scored. I want to say thirty points against Clemson. So last night, yeah. in four games, they scored their first offensive touchdown. So <laughs> if you you know with that right. progression, oh sure, maybe by like the year twenty thirty five, Miami <laughs> can actually cover the spread <laughs> against um, Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, Miami's shown improvement this year, and they're a solid football team. They're just not in the the same stratosphere as Clemson right, right. now. So right. Well, and here's my tie to what you were talking about with uh, with the Astros. Uh, Alabama thought they were going to just roll Ole Miss, right? Yep. Uh, but then it ended up being, what, a two-touchdown game or a touchdown and a yeah. field goal, I think. Something in that neighborhood. i got to look at it again. But, uh, of course, Nick Saban had something to say about that. So he thought, uh, he thought Ole Miss was stealing their defensive signals. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. See, so he's I, claiming he's claiming uh, <laughs> signal stealing. Uh, that's that's crazy. That, <laughs> that what, I, what I can equate the parity to in college football is all these good teams had some players opt out. Sure, like, hey, sure, you know, sure, hey, sure. If we're not going to play, then you know I'm going to yeah, just get ready for the draft. Yada, yada, yada. And then I think the lack of practice kind of puts everybody on an even playing field. Yep. And who's been working out, who didn't work, yeah. who worked out, who didn't work out during the... I mean, because if you look at the scores, I mean, they're, I mean, you know, Oklahoma was a contender, mm-hmm. and they're 2-2. Two and two. Texas was supposed to be good. They're 2-2. Yeah. Two and two. I mean, everybody's beating everybody. Right. And then the other thing is you don't get those tune-up games. Right. Where normally where Alabama will play... Bebopaloo U. Right. You know, Bebopaloo sure. U gets a million dollar check from Alabama, but Alabama gets all the kinks out and throws up 96 points. Right. You know, but they didn't get that game no. this year. So, no. You know, so I, I, I watch it because it, it was fun, you know, whatever. I liked the girl from Texas giving the finger to the crowd. I tweeted that out. <laughs> and, um, and there have been some exciting games. 
I just don't know what they're playing for, though. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, like the Duke big, doesn't either. Yeah, Duke's arguing with me on that because he's he's waiting for the Big Ten season to start. Right. And it's like, well, okay, so the Big Ten season starts October twenty fourth. They play six games, whatever. Like, let's say Ohio State goes six and zero. Oh, is there going to be like, is Ohio State going to get a chance at Alabama for yeah, a national championship, or does Ohio State say, hey, we're six and zero? Oh, we'll see yeah, you next year. Right. I don't know. Or, so, you know, or does Alabama in the in the uh, SEC. And the SEC. Georgia will. And the I, SEC, you know, say, well, you know, we call bullshit because you guys have fewer games. You're a little fresher. You've been lifting. You know, the, you've been able to work out and condition all call. this time. But you heard, it, you heard it here first, listeners, on episode 43 of Flights, Football, and Anything Else, available on Spotify. Georgia beats Alabama this weekend. Mark it down. Go ahead right. and mark it down. I'm, I'm marking it down right now. Um, Next... Oh, I go get one last thing before we get in the NFL, the King of Kings. Game five of the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I know why they lost. And you're gonna say, well, yeah, everybody does. They didn't have as many runs. Right. <laughs> no, the reason was on Friday, I'm listening to the Michael K show. And Michael K, who I love his radio show. It's an ESPN show on a on a New York station that I I pick up on XM radio, channel two oh two for those of you who have it. Very entertaining show. And he's the Yankee television announcer. Does a great job of play-by-play. And I'm not a Yankee fan. I'm a Red Sox fan. But right. he does a great job on play-by-play. But anyway, on Thursday, late Thursday night, Whitey Ford passed away at the age of 89. And then on Friday's show, he's talking about, you know, he starts the show with Whitey Ford dying, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. And then he says, well, game five, the biggest thing going for the New York well actually the second biggest thing going for the Yankees with Whitey Ford's death and I'm like Whitey Ford's death is bigger than game five a winner go home game I just like Whitey Ford's last game pitch was in 1967 which is exactly 15 years before the oldest Yankee J.A. Hatt who was born in um, uh, uh, October nineteenth, nineteen eighty two. Two weeks, you know. He, Jay Happ is celebrating a birthday in another few days here, and he was born in eighty two. Fifteen years after Whitey right. Ford retired from baseball, the guy was eighty nine years old. Right, and that's the biggest thing going for the Yankees. No, Michael, come on, dude, you're wrong. That's not the biggest thing that was happening for the Yankees that day. It was Game Five, and you whammied them. You whammied the team because you said Whitey Ford's death was bigger than Game Five. 89, Did you? was he really going to live forever? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, come on, that wasn't the biggest thing. I mean, fuck, no, the guy no. was 89 years I old. <laughs> right. I mean, fuck, man. If I, I I only pray that I lived 89 years old. Right. I mean, fuck. It's like, come on, man, well, how, how is that the biggest thing in Yankees? It's stupid. It's unbelievably stupid. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. But, you know, it's like... It's, and he even corrected himself on it. He said, well, the biggest thing going for the Yankees... Game, well, the second biggest thing is passing to Whitey Ford. Like, well, how's the passing to Whitey Ford no. bigger than game five tonight? Yeah. No, that's, that's a... That's a... Uh, uh, I don't know. A media... How do you... How would you say media political... I mean, because that's what... They, they always right. correct themselves and say something like that. It must be something in their contract. Right, but I mean, still, it's. I mean, the, it wasn't like he was a young man who died in a, a rage and fueled murder suicide or nothing. The man was eighty nine years old, lived a great life. He was a great Yankee, and you know, right. pitching wise, he's arguably the greatest Yankee of all time. So he should have said the biggest thing the Yankees got have going for him today is Game Five, and they'll also and like, be remembering 
Yeah, and then, but when, and and maybe that will. Yeah, maybe that will. They should play this game to win for the for guy who died. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. It's craziness. Um, before we cover week four, uh, five, I have two things written down that I thought was bizarre that happened in week four in the NFL. That and I've got them in my phone here. Not on that one. Okay, so with. The Pats went 250, the Pats being the Patriots for you non-football fans out there, went 253 left in the second quarter of game four. So that means they played game one, game two, game three, a quarter of game four, and almost the full quarter, the second quarter of game four. So three and a half games almost before they they got their first offensive penalty. What? That's mind numbing. What? They went they went almost three and a half games before they got a penalty on offense. No holding calls. Nothing. No penalties at all. Now, accepted penalties, but I don't know, you know, I don't know why the defense would decline a penalty unless right. they got a turnover on or whatever. Sure. But that was their first penalty. That's amazing to me. You to go three and a half games without an offensive penalty. You want you know you're a Lion fan. I'm right. an Air fan. I mean they get three penalties a, oh, a yeah. series. Yeah, yeah. Every <laughs> I mean, time, every it's time like, they okay, get the ball, well, you know. Yeah. So and then, yeah, that would be neat to fact check to see how close to a record that is. Yeah, how, did, how yeah. long a team has gone offensively or defensively. With yeah, them. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't think to look into the record. That'll be something for episode forty four. Yeah, and then the other thing that was. Uh, Weird was even though they no what no this is game this is week five the Bears for the first time since two thousand five scored two two TDs in the final two minutes of the first half because they were down yeah, right. thirteen nothing or whatever and then yeah. but boom boom bang yeah, bang. Up, yeah so yeah. but I thought those were two goofy stats well that's pretty cool. What do you get? Um, I just want to put a shout out there, um, and I mean I'm not a huge tennis fan, but I, when I see something like this, it's pretty impressive. Uh, Nadal uh, won his 20th Grand Slam this weekend. He won the French Open, so that would be like you know the, in tennis the French Open is like a major in golf, right. you know, U.S. Open, British Open. Uh, so, and for those of you that don't know tennis, the Grand Slam tournaments are Wimbledon. U.S. Open, Australian Open, and French Open. I made sure I am. Yeah, I was going to say, that, that was for our listener, Larry. <laughs> Larry and, and Larry, I didn't even prompt him on that either. You'd be proud of him. Dave corrected that. So congratulations to uh, Mr. Nadal. Raphael. Raphael. You, that's a, 20 of them? 20. How many? In, uh, I, sh- I should have fact-checked. I know as soon no, as I should No, no, uh, not fact-checked. You know, I'm assuming yeah. you're right on that, but. Jim Barrett is also one of our resident fact checkers. Yeah. How many majors does Tiger have? Ooh, I want to say 17. All right, so... 17 is the number that's so, stuck in my head. So Nindal is almost more impressive than Tiger, then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's a tie. We'd have to see who's got the... You know, that would be... Um, like I said, I'm not a tennis fan, and I, that's what I should have looked up is um, uh, who was tied with them for their... Uh, 20 Grand Slam events, but yeah, oh yeah, he's a uh, definitely in the tennis world. He's a he's a Tiger Woods guy. Maybe it's Pete Sampras. It has that many, but I'm not sure. We'd have to. I'll have to look into that. You have uh, some more NFL. 
No, I, I think we can get right to the rating. I mean, the NFL, lots happened in week five. Yeah. Uh, I just want to in, say. I'm, injuries, injuries, and more yeah. injuries. I mean, talking about my fantasy, I thought I was going to actually get a chance to score some points yeah. this week. But, of course, uh, Michael Thomas is suspended for the Monday night football yep. game now because he got into an altercation with a teammate. I have him in another league, started him, and I'm going to take a zero because he was referred to as Slant Boy, which I don't know why that would provoke an altercation. But while we're talking fantasy, heading into this week, I mean, we're getting laughed at by our listeners, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Josh heading into this week is 192. Henry, 160. I have 154. And you are at 84. Henry, <laughs> you got to reach out to Josh wow. to uh, substitute injured players, buddy. I can't change the rules without all participants being aware and willing to do so. So until Josh gives the okay to replace injured players, you're going to live with uh, – Charles Barkley. Well, Charles Barkley's <laughs> going to get you as many points as Saquon. So, say. so uh, anyway, so that's where we stand heading into Week Five of the Flights Football and anything else fantasy league. So, without further ado, I'm going to rate Barista. Mm-hmm. Did not like it at all the first drink or two, but as I drank the cold brew coffee lager, kind of wore on me a little bit. I'm not going to go over the top and give it a four or nothing, but right. I am going to go ahead and say this is a respectable 3.18. I'm going to go 3.18, Dave. Okay. I'm going to go, I actually, on the drinkability scale, this is this is actually a, this is one of the few coffee beers, I think because it's a lager and not a stout or a, some of the stout or porters that have coffee in them are pretty heavy. Right. And I don't see myself drinking more than one or two. Uh, but this is, a, if you want a, a coffee brew, this is a three or four or, or more. And I'm going to go 3.35. 3.35. And let's uh, check where we are in line with the untapped crowd. Drum roll, please. Uh, ah, we didn't like it as much as untapped, apparently. Uh, 4,800 check-ins. Yep. Untapped came in at 3.83, mm. which is a whole half point higher than you. And That's you were surprising. Higher, yeah. I mean, I think 3.83 is a little high, but hey, there's nothing wrong with being a little high. <laughs> <laughs> but um, bunch. All right, Dave. Second tasting of the night. It's actually the fourth gift of the champ's birthday from my sister's Jennifer... And Caitlin and my future brother-in-law Aaron. It's called a little London balling from Against the Grain Brewery. I cannot imagine what it, your birthday podcast would have been like if we would have had this one. Oh yeah, because in addition, yeah, to, in addition to whatever looking at the can, in addition to everything else we drank, this is another heavy hitter. This is from, uh, like I said, at Against the Grain Brewing from a Louisville, Kentucky. Kentucky, where your uh, mother's your sister and your sister's your mother. So, um, a whopping 12.5 ABV. One of the highest in pod history here. I don't know if it's the highest. I think we had a 14. Yeah, we did. did. We? Yeah, I think on, on the champ's birthday, that doesn't, I think that. I'll have to look back, but I think yeah. the champ's birthday had a 14, which the champ doesn't remember. <laughs> um, and 80 IBUs. So, this is a pint glass. So, yeah, so we, we get a full pint. 
of 12.5% goodness. Oy. Oh, darker than I anticipated. Yeah. Is that That's a little, what she said. Is that a little orangey, orangish? Yes. Actually, copper color. Copper. Nowhere near as dark as the uh, barista, but no. I was expecting, uh, because this is a barley wine style ale, I was expecting it to be a little lighter, but eh. what do I know? Hey, cheers. cheers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's not even a wine taste to me. That's almost a liquor taste. Is it bear? Here, yep. that, that's what we got for you. In, in big, bold letters with the explanation point. It says balls deep, big, ballsy, barmy, and barrel aged. There, there's your whiskey taste instead of the wine. London balling is not typical. Oh, I'm telling you what. The barrel imparts oak and vanilla mixed with a caramel sweetness from the malt with a brick that'll knock your bloody bullocks around. Hey, bloke, fancy that, and you'll be gobsmacked. I bet you after a full pint of this, I will be gobsmacked, Dave. I'll probably be trying to talk like Billy Butcher the whole night. No spoiler alerts. I have not watched the end of uh, the, the season finale with Liz. Oh, uh, it's the the fucking boy. diabolical. Um, but before we get into anything else, would you? What do you think of uh, Stormcloud? Because she's her character's 101 years old. Oh yeah. You still got to tap it, even though you don't know <laughs> going in, right? And who do you take? Who do you? Who's? She, who do you find more attractive, Stormcloud or? Uh, Ah, uh, the blonde. What's the blonde theme? Uh, Starbright. Starbright. Thank you. No, I mean, I I think of Stormcloud kind of like a Black Widow. I almost think that would be like some shit's gonna happen to you if right. it, if it, if, you, if you're not gonna satisfy her. Well, or, exactly. And that's what I say. So it, that's what I was gonna say. So it, I'm more attracted to Starbright. Yeah, that <laughs> it depends what you're looking. For. If you're looking one night, you go Stormcloud. If you're looking for a relationship, I think you go start. That's what I'm thinking. I, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying, though. You're not going to make it the night. True. Storm yeah. Exactly. It's like, but uh, I'm gonna. What, I'm gonna. I'm gonna kill myself anyway. So why not go out with a bang? Exactly. Now, with no spoilers to our listeners here. And you're through season two. I have one episode left of season two. Yeah. What season did you prefer? One or two? Oh. Um, I'm going to say from a pure, from a pure entertainment standpoint, season one, only because everything was new and fresh and, you know, every, they were coming at you from all angles and the story was developing, I guess. Um, season two was more kind of almost wrapping a part of the, without a spoiler alert, uh, trying to wrap certain parts of it up. Um, they do leave the story wide open in the last two episodes of season two for the third season for sure. Um, but man, from a from a most gratuitous scenes aspect of it, season two's got the biggest like oh god. Uh, all right, well then you saved yourself from a. Uh, Sorry, Hans. Wrong answer. Because <laughs> season two is much better than season one, in my opinion. So, listeners, reach out to us. W what season did you like better? 
Uh, season one is good, but of the two, I prefer season two because even um, I always want to call him Captain America. What what is his <laughs> Homelander? Homelander. Yeah. Homelander is a fucking prick, dude. I mean, oh, he's, he's, he's a guy you hate. He's his, mental. He's hate you hate <laughs> his guts, but he does such a good job in the in the role that. Yeah. But yeah. So, um. Anyway, before we get to this day in sports, hey, we got to recap the NFL Week Five that's happening on you know. If you can tolerate uh, car crashes on the highway, you're, if you're the type that likes to look as you go by, right? Google the Dak Prescott injury because it looked pretty bad. And actually, it was like so a bad. Thighs, man. Yeah, it was actually so bad. He's actually having surgery tonight. Normally, it's like, well, let's, we'll let the swelling down, and we'll get with the doctor, and we'll schedule the surgery coming out. There's like, uh, uh-uh, we're doing surgery on this bad boy tonight. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to, the the Falcons laid yet another egg. I saw that. Went down to 0-5, and I was going to say on the pod, if Dan Quinn has a job by noon tomorrow morning, I'll be shocked. Right. Well, lo and behold, they fired him before we even started the pod. So, um, so and then uh, who saw, who? everybody raise your hand if you saw the Miami Dolphins going into San Francisco. Now, admittedly, I know there's no fans or not, but you still got to go from Miami to San Francisco. Right. And laying an absolute ass-whipping on a healthy offensive San Francisco 49ers with Raheem Mostert, Jimmy Garoppolo, Debu Samuel, all of them are back. Right. And they beat the San they beat the San Francisco 49ers down like a red and mule. Yeah. It was I mean, it was down. like incredible. It's like who I never saw that coming. I mean, that, if I was still in my survivor pick, which by the way, I picked Indianapolis in week one against the Jaguars, and the Jaguars lost, or the Jaguars beat the uh, Colts, yeah. and I was out. But the Niners over the Vikings. Now, I wouldn't have picked the Niners over the Vikings, but the Niners over the Dolphins I would have picked yeah. as my survivor pick. And right. yet again, Mike would have lost. Speaking of the Jaguars, my youngest son's favorite team, yeah. they became the first ever team to lose three consecutive games to winless teams, excluding home openers. <laughs> so the last three weeks, they, the last three weeks, the, the, the Texans today, the Bengals last week, and then whoever beat the Jaguars in week two. Right. Was winless, so yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that franchise. Um, but yeah, the NFL, and then I don't know if I mentioned Chase Elliott won the NASCAR race today. I didn't even know it was on a road course. I wouldn't have picked Denny Hamlin with the third pick of my pool, which I'm pissed off about. And Kyle Busch did not make the final cut in NASCAR for the, I think the one listener of ours who list, actually follows NASCAR, which would be Josh Wendy. Right. Uh, this day in sports, I'm going to start it off with. 33, 53 years ago today, a day shy of my first birthday, a World Series record, three consecutive homers by the Red Sox, Carl, the Yaz, Yastrzemski, Reggie Smith, and Rico Petroselli, back to back to back (laughs) home runs in the 67 World Series. Unfortunately, they didn't win that, but hey, still back to back to back. Oh, yeah. That's impressive. Uh, 1991. Chip Beck. You're asking. 
Chip Back. Who the hell's Chip Back? Chip Back had a little stint on the PGA Tour. He recorded uh, the lowest 18-hole score, tied uh, the the then record 59. So I don't know what course that was on. Again, sorry, Larry, I probably should have done a little more fact-checking. Uh, but he, he now, just, Fish is actually the listener that will, oh, uh, will, will get on you about those fact checking. Right. Larry just looks for our mistake. Gotcha. That's, so you didn't really make so a mistake in that. Corner, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. You didn't really make a mistake on right. that. You just all right. So Fish Man. Anyway, um, however, there have been twelve sub sixty rounds on the PGA Tour. All right. So if you're saying, well, so what? I mean, that's if you're going playing eighteen holes. You know, that's either typically thirteen under to eleven under. You know, if you've got a par 72 or par 70, depending on your par 71, that would be 12 under, of course. But um, that's a lot of birdies. That's a lot of, that's some good scoring. Now, there's been 11, out of the 12 sub-60s, 11 or 59s. So that means one is below that. Do you know who has it by any chance? You might actually, I mean, I know you're not a huge golf fan, but you might actually know this guy because he's been around for a long time. DJ Singh. Close. Kind of. Sort of. Jim Furyk. How the fuck is how the fuck is VJ Singh close to Jim Furyk? Same same graduating class, oh. so to speak. Same age. Oh. Yeah. Right well, in that I, 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 That's a proverbial. Do they look alike? Absolutely not. <laughs> that's a proverbial like when somebody when when you're coaching youth sports and one of your bad players strikes out and you tell them, good job, Timmy. <laughs> no, I just meant oh. you know, Furyk L's. VJ Singh. Yeah, don't patronize me, Dave. Just finish with your story. All right. Um, I really wasn't trying to make you feel good, Mike, because I don't, I don't give a shit. Well, yeah, but yeah, but you actually should have used that time to talk to me. I mean, VJ Singh, VJ <laughs> I mean, Singh, Jim Furyk, ah, tomato, Brussels oh, sprouts, know. same thing. <laughs> All right, next one. All right, and math guy here. Twenty-eight years ago today, prime time. Prime time, prime time. He he played in the game for both the Atlanta Braves and the Atlanta Falcons. Now, pretty uh, amazing feat to yeah, uh, yeah. to play professionally, no matter the day, but yet on the same, same day. day. Now, this has nothing to do with this day in sports, in your opinion. Right. Better two sport athlete, Bo Jackson. Deion Sanders. Bo Jackson. I agree. Deion probably a little more prime time, but yeah. I don't think Deion was as good. I think Deion was a better football player than Bo was Correct. a football player, but Bo was a bet, way better baseball, baseball player, player than Deion was a baseball player. So, right. So, yeah. listeners, Agreed. do you agree? Who, who are you Let going us know. with? 2015. I got another. Uh, a lot of the baseball ones, I'm sorry, were kind of ho-hummish. Besides the one you had, that was kind of impressive. The other ones were like, you know, Babe Ruth hits two home runs. Uh, I don't even, I don't care if it's in a World Series. Who cares? It's Babe Ruth. He's supposed to hit home runs. Um, 2015, Zach Johnson and Phil Mickelson go undefeated as U.S. wins the sixth successive um, time uh 15 and a half to 14 and a half victory over the international team in the President's Cup. Now, you might be asking yourself, I know, Mike, what's the difference between the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup? Fans are rowdier at the Ryder Cup? 
Uh, maybe, probably. The Ryder Cup is U.S. versus Europe. The President's Cup is U.S. versus an international team, with the exception of Europe. Oh. So, and they, it's it's every, so Ryder Cup one year, President's Cup the next, Ryder Cup one year, President's Cup the next. Who has better golfers traditionally, Europe or Europe. The other Europe? Europe, okay. yeah. It's, it's usually a bigger, I think they get much better ratings for the Ryder Cup than they do the President's Cup. So, um, but, uh, but yeah. And the Ryder Cup is the one golf outing that I do like to watch because they, I mean, the, they do let the fans kind of like just go crazy, cuckoo. Yeah. And you, you, when you guys are trying to putt, the people are yelling. It's like, that's the way right. sports should be. Right. The next Ryder Cup got pushed to uh, September 21st through the 26th in 2021. And then the next President's Cup, of course, then got pushed to uh, 2022. Okay. Because of that stupid COVID. Which, ironically enough, I mean, what a fucking segue. Yeah. You know, we you know we go from that, what you just said, to, we, I mean, we haven't had a hashtag IDGAF moment. Uh-oh. And we do today. And first of all, I, I, I do want to preface this by saying that I'm not an insensitive, cold-hearted, ruthless prick. Well, maybe on some things I am, but not in this particular instance. Right. And so for anybody who has truly lost a loved one right. because of COVID, hey, yeah, my condolences. You know, I don't wish death on anybody. Right. But what really bothers me, and this this is a, a, a staged, uh, not staged, um, a stepped hashtag IDGF moment because, like, what's with all the... Oh, thoughts and prayers to uh, Stefan Gilmore and his family. Thoughts and prayers for what? The, he fucking tested positive for COVID. He has no symptoms, and he's perfectly fucking healthy. Yeah. So what are the thoughts and prayers for? Because if we're going to go thoughts and prayers for, oh, geez, he's got COVID, and you never know because COVID has killed people. Because it has killed people, and I've already given my condolences to those people. But Stefan Gilmore is perfectly fine, and he just, he really uh, kind of fucked my fantasy team is what he did. <laughs> so thoughts and condolences should be coming my way, not Stefan Gilmore's way. He got a week off, millionaire, millionaire multi-millionaire, got a week off, and now... Oh, you know, Cam Newton got the same thoughts. Thoughts and prayers for what? There, you know, if you're going to go that basis, then I want Dave as a podcasting partner tomorrow morning. I want you to call me and give me thoughts and prayers because as soon as that left foot hits the floor coming out of the bed, we're all on borrowed time. Because I could yawn as I get to the end of the steps, barrel roll down the steps, and I, I hit the bookcase and snap my neck, die instantly. So you better give me thoughts and prayers. Tomorrow morning, because I could die tomorrow morning. This is what I was talking about with the with the announcer for the Yankees. It's, it's the same. They're they're in the public eye, right, but so they, they, but, they but feel it, like they have these, to. These aren't public eye people. These are idiots on Twitter that have no. Oh, that oh, Stephon oh. Gilmore's not even going to read your stupid tweet, so he doesn't need your thoughts and prayers. Right. Uh, uh, at Joe or whatever your Twitter handle is. So it, it just oh thoughts and prayers. He, you know, if yeah. you, at your job or my job, if they test it every day, my business would probably shut down. Right. With all the positive tests. But people come to work and shit happens. You keep going on. Other one, Bobby Bowden. 
the famous coach of the Florida State yep. Summer, good old boy, good yeah. old Florida boy, the old Fumble Ruski and shit. Yeah. He has COVID. Yeah. 90 years old. He's 90? Wait a second. Yeah, did you did you hear what I said? He's 90. <laughs> Asymptomatic. Right. And went to the hospital for precautionary measures. Right. Precautionary measures from what? He wants to protect his immortality? The fucking guy is 90, Dave. So, you know, hey, listen. When we're recording episode 1,967 of Flight Football and anything else, and yes, I did the fucking math, people. That would be 47 year, or 37 years from the day, 52 weeks a year. Dave and I have been doing this every week. So 37, uh, 37 years, 52 weeks a year, plus the 43 episode, we'd be on episode 1,967. If I'm COVID, If I'm COVID positive and symptom-free, just shut your mouth, cheer the glass, and let me drink my beer. I don't need to go to the hospital for precautionary measures at 90 years old. Because right. at 90 years old, you're close to death. I don't even want to break it to you. <laughs> at 90 years old, you're close to death. So, and now we're going to step lettered up to another Patriot who pisses me off, Jason McCourty. Questions the NFL and the NFL Players Association for putting business ahead of player safety. Number one, Jason, you have, you know, uh, Damian Williams, Eddie Goldman. Those are two that I can think of right off the top of my head. Before the season started, opted out because of oh, the fear of COVID, and I just can't do it. You should have done the same thing because I got news for you, buddy. The NFL and the NFL Players Association, it is a business. No. So you're going to make decisions that affect the business. And don't tell me they don't care about the player safety. That's why the fucking Tennessee Titans haven't played in three weeks because somebody's sister's next-door neighbor's brother-in-law's cousin's aunt Tilly's brother-in-law's dog licked an ass of somebody's friend that tested positive for COVID, and now the Titans are in jeopardy of not playing again. It's ridiculous. And then you're saying the NFL is putting, not putting the player safety for then quit. Because I got news for you. In my in my business, I like to consider myself the GOAT. I, yeah. At what I do, I am the best at what I fucking do. And like Kid Rock says, it ain't bragging, motherfucker, if you back it up. But you know what? If I'm fired tomorrow, guess what? Where I work, it's business as usual that same fucking day, and life goes on. So Absolutely. Jason McCordy, if you don't like the way you're being treated, quit. I'll give you an interview, see if you can cut the mustard on my team. And it, it just so, it, I'm so sick and tired of seven months of COVID shit that people are still looking at it this way. Oh, thoughts and prayers, Bobby Bowden. God damn it, Bobby. Get well soon. Get well soon. You know, the President of the United States, 74 years old, not in the greatest of shape. And I, I, I guarantee the only reason he went to the hospital was because he's the President of the United yeah. States. Oh, yeah. And anyway. A day later, he comes out, thumbs up, and peace sign, and thumbs up. And, and I'm not saying I'm against Trump or for Trump, but it's like, okay, yeah. test a positive for COVID. Who gives a shit? Let's move. <laughs> it's it, it just frustrating. So, hey, I'm glad in episode 43 to finally bring back a hashtag IDGAF moment. And that, that woo, God damn it. <laughs> Somebody give me a Tylenol. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, sir. Are we ready to rate this? Yes, we are. All right. You're first this time. I am first yes. this time. 
you know, this is going to be a weird rating for me because I love this stuff. However, I usually, you know, rate my my biggest factor, my biggest uh, variable is drinkability. I don't know if I can have more than one of these things. I mean, just from, I mean, the barrel aged, uh, the brandy wine, barley wine, whatever the hell this thing is. The 12.5% of barrel aged goodness. <laughs> goodness. <laughs> Yeah, um, God, this is, I have to, I like it though. I love the taste of this. I, I like it a lot. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 4.1. Woo! Holy fuck. Um, like you, I'm surprised as well. Cause like you said, you based your, your ratings on drinkability and agreed. I mean, I think it, you could do a second pint. And then you may be shutting her down <laughs> shortly right. thereafter. But I'm surprised just as much for myself because there is definitely a wine, yeah. bourbon barrel taste oh, yeah. to it, which oh, yeah. isn't my... They're not trying to mask it. Yeah, it's not my... That's typically the anti-mite. Right. But like you said, this has such a There's something... smooth, crisp taste to it right. that... You know, because typically beers like this, I would give in the twos, and you you'd get the old hazels nuts. Oh, yeah. This is oh, awesome. This is... Um, I can't give it a four, but I'm going to go a nice, healthy three nine, three point nine zero. John, Caitlin, Aaron, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hey, uh, Dave. Before we get to our third selection, I know one of our listeners out there will call me on this. We did not give the untapped rating of London Balling. Um, we, hey, we were right in line with London Balling. You gave it a 4.10. I gave it a 3.9. The untapped rating with 11,000 check-ins, which is a lot of check-ins for untapped, was a 4.03. So you were, you were just over. I was just under. So, Henry, thanks for keeping us in line, big fella. Thank you, um, Henry. So anyway, without further ado, let's move on to the third and final selection of episode 43. Crescent Fresh IPA from Allison Brewing Company. 6.2% alcohol with 65 IBUs. And going to get this out there right now, just as a little planning purpose. I'm going to let you know what's coming up a little, uh, what's on the docket, if you will. Episode 44 is not going to be our standard rating system of the beers. What? Yeah, that's right, Dave. No, it's not. What? Because next week, episode 44 is going to be the first ever Flights, Football, and Anything Else Oktoberfest standoff. Can anybody, can anybody beat, in my opinion, which, what is the GOAT of Oktoberfest, obviously, Sam Adams, Oktoberfest. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. next week, we're going to have probably, it'll be seven tastings, but we're not going to do the full beers. It'll almost be a true tasting where you have just the the, the, the four-ounce flight of a, an Oktoberfest. So anyway, that's what we got on store for episode 44. But hey, let's live in the here and now, Dave. Episode do, 43, yeah. tasting three, Crescent Fresh IPA from Ellison Brewing Company. Oh, uh oh, uh -oh. Uh -oh. little little Peter North explosion there at the start. 
Chuck McPeak yeah. should appreciate that uh, reference. But what, hey, what was the one that we had? That was the, uh, the the volcano science experiment last week or the week before. We we've had the big was red cock. We've no. had big red cock no, and Satan's uh, Satan's inferno whatever. or whatever. Oh, inferno. Like that. Yeah, yeah, that was ridiculous. The lightest of the three beers, which is an IPA standard. So cheers. But a nice IPA haze to it. That's the typical taste of flight football than anything else. I mean, drastically yep. different from the first two tastings. Yep. And uh, Solid IPA. Before we get to this week's random question, I'm going to put a listener call out. Nick, Mr. Witzke, what I need you to do is go on to Twitter and search hashtag Van Halen Bracket. Now, you're more than welcome to do it as well, but I don't think you're as big a Van Halen fan as our good listener Chuck McPeak is. So your assignment is to print off that bracket, give it to Chuck. It's a some a listener on a listener. Somebody on Twitter after the late great Eddie Van Halen passed away. Yep. Came up with a March Madness bracket in all 64 in quotation mark teams are Van Halen songs. Oh, wow. And then, really? You know, yep. And, you oh. know, if with both with Van Halen, you know, Eddie Van Halen, yeah. not Eddie Van Halen, <laughs> Sammy Hagar and David Lee Roth, Mitch, Mix Matt. So, Nick, I'm holding you responsible for that. Give it to Chuck because, but although Chuck did finally cave and go on uh, Facebook, maybe he'll finally cave and go on Twitter. I doubt it though, but go on, you know, print that off. And you're more than welcome to do it too, but I don't think you're as big a Van Halen fan as. Chuck is. I just want to see where Chuck's final four breaks down to. Speaking of which, though, I got to add in there, uh, we had the Athletic Association golf outing fundraiser that I played in on Saturday, and one of uh, our fellow golfers on the team, uh, Mr. Erlenbeck, uh, played, while we were golfing, played a uh, the Van Halen Essentials in memory of Eddie, yep. right? Yep. And I want to that I want to that contributed because I that's that was my first rock band, okay, right? yep, and that contributed to our winning score of sixteen under par. Nice. But I want to I want to I want to say that you know it's it's this fundraiser golf scramble. So of course, well, no, I mean technically technically yes, but everybody did. If you paid, the, you cheated better. If you paid the forty bucks, you got eight. You know, two mulligans per person, so eight mulligans and two straws. So that means if you got the ball within a straw's length of the hole, it counted. Okay. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we probably would have shot, you know, eight under, nine under without all the doodads. And, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, the music got me all pumped up. And, well, yeah. It got so now me. was it a mix or was it strictly David Lee Roth, Van Halen, or was it strictly... Uh, Sammy Hagar, Van Halen, or was it a mix mash? Because this bracket out there is a mix mash of both of them. I got to be honest, on the first hole, I pulled a bunch of uh, minis out of my bag. So I, I I know it was Van Halen, but right, I'm not well, sure if it was. All right, well, there you go. Well, there, there. So you guys won it, though? Yeah. What did you win? We won our money back. Well, fucking A, you played for free. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, Yeah, every time I think I've decided which uh, version of Van Halen I like better. Like, gun to my head right now, answer now, Mike, I'm going to go with Sammy Hagar. Really? But, but then I hear Unchained on the radio, and oh, I'm like, oh, no, wait no, a second. No, I don't, no, no, no. You no, like no. the original? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I can't. I, Especially I can't, the first two albums. 
I can't even argue with you on that, yeah. Dave. The, especially the you first know, two albums and a couple on Diver Down and yeah. Oh, uh, but Sammy's voice, the, the vocals on Sammy is yeah, just like hey, some, they're all, some, they're both they're all great. I they get, are. Oh, yeah, they I are. mean, agreed. So, but yeah, so I mean, I agree. You know, like I said, I, I won't even argue with you on the fact that you like the original because that's like, but then that's what if you go to Twitter and hashtag Van Halen bracket and just like like the they. Yeah. He's got a number. He's got Panama as the number one seed, which I uh, I, I don't like Panama as I much. I mean, it was popular. It was, it was popular, but I don't like it. No, as much. no. But, as far as a classic Van Halen, so uh, you got to go with you got to go with you got to go with like the Cradle Will Rock or something in the yeah. first three albums. Um, as far as I'm yeah, concerned, right? But, yeah. Um, my I think my favorite non Hagar song is Mean Street, for like, sure. At night I walk the stinking streets, past the crazies on my block, and I see the same old faces, and I hear the same old talk, searching for the latest thing, a break in this routine, searching some new twist. You fucked me up, Dave. Searching for some new kicks, some like you ain't never seen. But that's, this is that, that's the first duet we've ever done. Forty three episodes in, we've done a duet. <laughs> if we had rehearsed it, we'd have nailed it. But anyway, hey, uh, <laughs> random right. question. You want to talk about random question? You know, we're running out of them, listeners. Send us something, please. But I'm glad you had this random question, by the way. But keep going. All right, so there are fifty three thousand records. In the Guinness World Record database. Now, obviously, Dave, I didn't expect you to research. And yes, Larry, there was a little pre-planning to this random question because otherwise you wouldn't have been able to, to, you know, 17 minutes of dead radio is boring podcast. I mean, a lot of people think the whole podcast is boring, but just silence would really be boring. But... um. I had to give David a little heads up of this is what I was going to ask him. And the the random question for episode 43 is, all right, Dave, which Guinness Book of World Record record do you find the most amazing, unique, strange, bizarre, whatever adjective you want to use? And then yep. which world record do you think that you could legitimately – <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll we'll edit that out on the cough button. Uh, which record do you think you could legitimately at least try to attempt with the hopes of trying to win? Right. Okay. So, Brother Maynard, please consult the book of Guinness Book of World Records. And Dave has three of them, and I did not know that when I proposed this world record. He has the 2012, the 2011... In the two, so 11, 12, and 13, Dave actually has the book, Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> so my, my oldest is, was a Guinness Book kind of fanatic back okay. you know, middle school, uh, early high school age. So, all right. Now, this is one I pulled out of here, the most caloric burger. All right. All right, the most caloric burger. As of February 2012. Now, of course, I could have looked this up on the internet and gotten a current one, but I'm just going to say this one because right. I wanted to use the books. As of 213. Right. As of 2012. Oscar's Diner in Telford, 
Uh, Shrosphere UK is serving a two-pound, eight-ounce hamburger packed with 4,200 calories for 15 pounds. U.S. dollars, that's 24. Finish it off along with a complimentary, complimentary milkshake, fries, and cold slaw within 45 minutes and you'll win a free meal t-shirt and a photo to mark the event. One customer did it in seven minutes. Now, wow. let me tell you what's on this burger. You've got the bun. Seven minutes, holy fuck. Yeah, no shit. You got the bun, the mayonnaise, um, the tomato slice, the lettuce, mozzarella cheese, onion rings, a beef patty. The beef patty itself is 1,150 calories. You have a whole chicken breast, a potato waffle, another chicken breast, more onion rings, another beef patty, sliced pickles, mozzarella cheese on the bottom, and then the bottom bun. All right. Now, so is this the one you find most impressive, or is that the one you think that you could realistically try to beat in seven minutes? I think this is the one I can realistically beat in seven minutes. All right. So now... What uh, do you find is the most impressive okay. or bizarre or strange or whatever record? All right. So this one, I don't know why it did, but I, as I'm looking through the book, all right, I'm not a theater guy. I've never been to the theater. I've never been to like New York on Broadway or anything like that. Liz and I saw Mamma Mia. I just humored her because... Hey, she went to many, 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 many sporting events with me to humor sure. me. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be miserable. And whatever. Highly recommend going to see a play on Broadway because Mamma Mia, the movie, absolutely sucked and was stupid. <laughs> Mamma Mia on Broadway, sure. fucking phenomenal. Okay. Now that you're saying that, though, I seem to remember now, before Shelly corrects me, we went to go see Miss Saigon at the Temple Theater in Detroit. Okay. Right. I do remember seeing that now. that And that was pretty cool. But the most expensive theater production, right? Yep. You're, you're never going to guess what it is. By the time Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark, the musical based on the legendary comic superhero opened on June 14th, 2011 at the Foxwoods Theater in Broadway, its cost had climbed to a U.S. $75 million to put on this production. How the fuck could that be? I don't know. I, and uh, maybe that's something for uh, Fishman to help me fact check. It is the largest investment for a theatrical production anywhere in the world with 182 previews, performances before an official opening, before November 2010, until its official opening in, in June 14, 2011. $75 million to, just to put on this show one time. Listeners, myself and Dave, we have to research it because how in the world could that pot? Because obviously you're not going to get the special effects that you get in the motion pictures, right? right? Well, this is the picture that comes in the in the book. So you got an actor, you but know, seventy five million dollars. I, I don't know. That's what it that says is, in the book. That is that is pretty amazing. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to start with my amazing, strange, bizarre, although. I think I'd like to try to tackle it, but I'll, I'll give you my the one I'll try to tackle. In December 1963, carry over to January 1964, 
17-year-old Randy Gardner stayed awake for 11 days, 25 minutes, or 264.4 hours, which broke the previous record of 260 hours held by, uh, by a Honolulu DJ, uh, Tom Rounds. Now, you said you want to tackle no, this no, one? I find that amazing okay. because my work schedule, you know, is a, I, I have the standard eight to five typical schedule. Other than on Saturday. Right. Saturday, I have to open the building for the drivers. And I have to be up at, I usually set the alarm for 2.33 a.m. Our snooze is nine minutes long, so I get out of bed at 2.51 a.m. Now, because that's only one day a week, yeah, I uh, lost my train of thought. You can but, survive it. No, but it's because it's only one day a week, my body is not accustomed to going to bed any earlier so usually on friday night the only you know the earliest i get to bed is like 11 right so 11 to two hours yeah so i'm on three four hours sleep i get up open the building i work i go out on my birthday you saw how that (laughs) night you saw the listeners heard how that night ended up and you know or like when you like Driving to Gulf Shores. No, oh, geez. You, you, yeah. you drive straight through, and, you know, thankfully, we've all made it. There <laughs> and back, but they're, you know, exactly, alive. Right. But there are, like, you know, time when you're driving, like, you know, the sun's almost up, but not quite. And then all of a sudden, you realize you're, like, and you, you roll your window down, you're slapping your face, turning the music up loud, and everybody in that car just pops up. What, what happened? What happened? Oh, nothing, nothing. It's just awful hot in here. And you continue to drive. But, and that's... 24 hours. Right. This cat did. This cat stayed awake for 11 days. I th- I didn't think that was healthy. I didn't think you were supposed to. Oh, doesn't so your fucking mind no, start going cuckoo? No, some people would die. Some people would actually. That's what I thought. It's like, so how do you do that world record? Like, well, know. hey, I may die, but I'm fucking staying awake. That's why I thought that was so bizarre. Know. Yeah, it, it 11 is, days. It this is cat bizarre, stayed but up. That guy's got something genetic. Like those people that can. Those people that can do the. The um, the ultra marathons and stuff run 200 miles because they don't they don't produce lactic acid, so their muscles don't get tight and sore and do you know what I mean? They just yeah, don't I, feel it. So this this guy's got something going on that enables him to stay up for how long? It was it was 11 days and 25 minutes oh or 264.4 hours. Yeah. And I, I stay up like 23 hours and I'm yeah. like and and. Yeah. I can, you know, after two beers, I fucking, my head smashes off the fucking pavement. <laughs> so. During, during, during the, the pandemic shutdown, we were, we were playing, uh, we had game night over Zoom with a bunch oh, of other people, oh. and all of a sudden, where's Mike? Yeah. Uh, yeah oh, don't worry about him. He's, he just passed yeah, out that, on the floor. Yeah, that was like 21. So, hell, I, w- I was only uh, 240 hours off this guy's record. Um, but now, anyway, the one thing that, the one record, A, I find it strange that this actually is a world record, but hey, it is, that I would like to attempt, and I think I could at least attempt it, is the fastest time to arrange the alphabet, A to Z, from a can of alphabet spaghetti, the you know, the Chef Boyardee sure. alphabet spaghetti. Yeah. Cody James currently holds the record of three minutes 
and 21 seconds. Now you think, I mean, depending on the pour of the can, you think you... You, you mean you put an A to Z with it? Yeah, you, I mean, so yeah, so you got to get oh A, B, God. three minutes, 21 <laughs> seconds. I mean, it's not a long time, but now I, I guess the only thing that I'd have to investigate is apparently the V is the, you know, like the boardwalk of the McDonald's game Monopoly. You know, there's not many Vs oh. in Chef Boyardee's right. uh, alphabet spaghetti. You mean he pours the can out? Yeah, and then he's, and then, and then he, you just grab the letters and put them in order. A B C D E F G. It took him three minutes to three, do that. That's right. That's why this is the record. I think I want to try that. In that is a world record. He arranged A to Z in three minutes and twenty one seconds. Who is this cat? Cody Jones. How old is he? Doesn't say. Doesn't say. Is he four? I don't like. Uh, it just seems like three minutes. Is That's a long what I'm. Time. That is why the fucking random question day was. And the probably record. there hasn't been a lot of people try it because it's freaking dumb. Well, <laughs> but you could be. A, you could get yourself a twenty twenty one. You could get yourself a twenty twenty one book with Dave Dawson <laughs> arranged the letters of alphabet spaghetti. Who's the, who's the guy that thought of that one? Hey, I'm gonna dump this can of soup out and I'm gonna arrange the letters. Again, not the point, Dave. Cody Jones is something you and I are not. He is a world record holder, buddy. Three minutes and 21 seconds. That's what I said. It seems like a long time to just go A, B, C. That's why why I staged the question. Hey, what one could you attempt and legitimately try to beat? I I think that's a beautiful fucking record, man. Yeah, I'll give you that. Don't you think? Oh, yeah, that for is sure. A, that, is for a, sure. that is a fucking beatable record. I think so. I think you, I think we should try it on the pod. There you go. That's a pod. Right. We're doing Les, that. Listeners, send us Chef Boyardee spaghetti, uh, alphabet spaghetti. We're doing it. But now we're going to rate this. Yeah, I'm first. Yep. Nothing jumps off the page, but is a, it is a classic mm-hmm. IPA taste. If you're an IPA drinker, at at, at this is right at, in your at six at six point two percent, I think it has what you like the drinkability. It has what I like the, the a little bit of hops. I mean, sixty five IBUs had a little bit of hops, a little bit of bitterness. Has yep. a, you know, and you I think you could drink this. Oh yeah. Um, but like as our listeners know, I go based on the beers we taste of the night. And I can only give on a different if, if we'd have brought Ellison's Crescent Fresh IPA on a different night, right? It may have received a little bit different rating, but I gave London Balling a three point nine zero. Yep. And I actually like London Balling better. Yep. So I am going to give Crescent Fresh IPA from Ellison Brewing Company a three point eight nine. Only because I want to remain consistent with the way I rate beers on our podcast. Right. And so I'm going to do the same thing. And I like the London Balling a little bit better as well. I'm going to put this one at a 3.75. Fair enough. Um, so, like I said, as we've already thrown out to the listeners, next week we are doing beer tastings. Don't, don't, don't panic on that. 
But they're all going to be Oktoberfest, and we're not going to, we probably will not give the standard rating of like, okay, Joe Schmoll's Oktoberfest is 3.77. What? No, we're not. We're, we're, what we're going to do, it's going to be like almost like a Battle of the Bands type deal. And we're going to just taste a bunch of Oktoberfest and see if anybody can dethrone the GOAT, which yeah. is Sam Adams. Sam Adams. But that's episode 44, folks. We got to wrap up episode 43. And I, as I look down into my right brain brewing, uh, not, it wasn't, this isn't brewing, this is brewery. Right brain brewery glass. I'm out of beer. And as the late, great Stuart Scott would say, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here. <laughs>